All right, everybody, 2022 into 2023. Oh, the long drought is over. It's game time, and we're here to talk about the news. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your new favorite podcast, The More You Nerd. And it's part of the Nerd Olympics Summer Games Edition, as we are in the middle of our hot video game summer. And yes, as promised, this is going to be a news rundown of all the stuff that's been announced so far. Yes, so far, because there is still stuff that we know is out there that hasn't been announced yet. Uh, that we're just sitting and waiting on. But I cannot do it alone. I need my co-host, my bro, my backup. Miles, how are you, buddy? I'm excited. I'm really excited. This is, I, I would say for a lot of people, been kind of a tepid June, which is typically the kind of E3 season. But there has been enough really great stuff announced that I I, I think I'm good. The, I, I'm I'm pretty stoked. The only complaints I have about the stuff that has been announced so far is the sheer number of 2023 release dates yeah, and not 2022 <laughs> release dates. COVID, sure, COVID that was today when, when uh, we had the Nintendo Mini Direct, and a lot of the things that I was excited for comes out next year, and yeah. I, was, I was getting. I'm so excited and I see 2023 and I was like, oh, nerds. And, and unfortunately, <laughs> that is still not necessarily a guarantee for some of the late 2023 things. Oh, so, yeah. But for, for one of mine, it's it's probably all but guaranteed. There's there's nothing you have to do but port some games over. So, yeah, that one's likely getting when it needs to get there. Yeah. COVID is still we're still in the COVID wake of all the stuff with, with well, that. So and it comes for to game me, design, I think I said this a couple of years ago was I feel like this was the time we were going to feel the real impact of of COVID. Oh, yeah, because games games take years to develop. And if a game right. is at a certain point. It's going to it, it 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 was I mean, it was still impacted, but it was not as impacted as a game that was much earlier development. That's where we had things like March of, of 2022, the year that we are in. If you're listening to this at some point in the future, had three. We're not in March. When I'm saying March, we're not in March. We're in June. But March of this <laughs> year, we had three like huge banner releases of game content years in the making that all came out the exact same month. <laughs> and since February then, was the same way too. Like and, there's a lot. And since then we have not had a ton. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie, Drew. Uh, ever since we've gotten things like game pass and honestly, a rollout uh, and a, con- a constant stream of great indie titles, the degree of anxiety I feel for the incoming new titles or getting things getting delayed. honestly, Every time I see a big tiles delayed, I'm like, good. <laughs> yeah, I don't you know, have time to play it right now. My backlog is already big enough uh, that uh, but there's always things that I want to get to. I mean, we talk for sure. We, we talked about this and because it, it either rains or, or or it's either a drought or it, it's it's flooding. Pouring like, rain like Destiny 2 expansion and Horizon Forbidden Still West. Still haven't finished it. 
that that is surprising horizon <laughs> forbidden west and uh, elden ring all coming out literally the same week within days of each other was yeah. i mean y'all heard our in elden ring episode it was a terrible episode because i had barely played the game oh <laughs> that was all right <laughs> uh, but i mean it's one of those things i actually was like we should revisit it because i've now since gotten the platinum trophy in elden ring which i never thought i would do but uh yeah i fell way deep into that game but let's talk about some games that we are gonna fall deep in love with maybe hopefully uh in the next year and a half or so um at least they were good about not announcing things too far out a lot of times in the summer they announce things that are like three years down the line and they're they're really being good about not doing that so far so uh, miles do you want to go down platform but platform do you want to go genre by <sighs> genre how you feeling so i i would say there were a handful of big showcases this summer you had the summer games fest which this year and i mean look no matter how you feel about jeff Keeley, the dude loves the industry and the dude has put together some good alternative stuff that has kept the candle going especially when e3 didn't show up this year um so you had that you had the state of play by playstation Bethesda and Xbox had their own showcase. The uh, the indies had just a gr- honestly to me, if you're a fan of video games and you felt like this was a little bit of a drought, the Day of the Devs, Gorilla Collective, and um, the Wholesome Direct were. I mean, you're eating for days with as much good content came from that. And then today's Nintendo conference, so. I, I kind of figure we could probably do it platform by platform because the the Summer Games Fest was mostly stuff that was already announced with a handful of new things. But I I, I think we could probably do platforms. Yeah. So let, well, let's start with 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 Summer Games Fest, because this is where you're going to have a lot of the cross platform games uh, and a lot of AAA stuff, a lot of AAA stuff and a lot of stuff that might be more PC focused. Um, and this is where I am going to start out with one of the biggest things that they announced. It's by this is going to be next year is going to be sci fi horror central. So buckle up, Miles, buckle up, <laughs> which, you know, I'm super excited about like individually, every single sci fi horror game they showed looked awesome but you know if you're reading the room on on twitter as it was it was playing live it did feel in that specific showcase oh boy they're playing a lot of the same stuff yeah so the biggest one that comes out of that is probably the callisto protocol and the callisto protocol uh is it is made by the the like the 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 person who runs the company striking distance studios was one of the designers of the game dead space uh which was a sci-fi horror game from the ps capcom it's resident evil in space yeah basically but you have a laser that cuts people apart um by the way that's also getting a remake in the next year and a half <laughs> but uh so if you look at that game and see something very similar it promises to be extremely bloody extremely gory uh extremely spooky with the most graphic character deaths when you die in the game you're gonna get like it's not gonna be big you died message across the the, the front of the the uh, fr- across the screen it is going to be just 
people getting thrown into machinery and ripped apart and all with like gorgeous 4K HDR graphics that uh, again, a game I'm not going to play, not going to play. I'm going to go. ahead. I mean, I've 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 been looking forward to this for (laughs) quite quite some time and I'm I'm very excited. I, I like the pedigree from which the game comes. But more, moreover, I mean, I feel like especially in the the triple A arena, horror games have been scarce uh, of late. There have been a handful, but I mean, I, I'm I'm someone who still like is wistful for the, the PS2 era where you were basically drowning in survival horror, and that is not the case these days. You get a handful of games. And then maybe a double A or an indie that got really, really popular that eventually gets put over to console. But outside of your your Resident Evil or. You know, layers of fear or Outlast or something, you, you don't get a lot of big budget horror titles anymore. So well, I'm I'm really excited for this. Well, and and, and I know at, I know that's what you're saying. I, I, I set this up for you. <laughs> well, now I'm not getting there yet. I'm not getting there yet okay. but, because we still have Fort Solus to talk about, which is a, a, a sci fi action thriller that is actually like seems to be mocapped and live action performed by uh, by Troy Baker and Roger Clark, who were. Uh, I mean, Troy Baker is one of the most prolific uh, voice actors in video gaming and uh, Roger Clark, who was Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption. Uh, And that just looks like another like crazy thing. Uh, Where is the other one that I was going to go for? Um, It's the more robot-y one. Oh, um, not the update. Is that routine? Yes. Which routine has been in development since like the early 2010s. Like I feel like, yeah, I think I think that was one of those games that got canceled and then got brought back to life. Um, One of the biggest, you know, as some people were excited about it not happening, some people were still super bummed out. But to me, one of the, the the big deflating balloon sounds from this was that Bloober Team finally announced what the horror title they had been working on was oh silent hills baby silent hills right no 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 despite every rumor saying that oh they were being put in charge of a silent hill 2 remake which is wild to think about because they still haven't remade the first game but whatever they're going back to their own series layer of fear with layers of fear (laughs) Um, I have played the first game. I don't think I played the second one. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's the one that gets accused of being a walking simulator, but it was a good little spook em up. It's, you know, nothing. It's not going to set the world on fire, but I think I paid $10 for it and was pretty happy with it. Uh, I think this gets so deflated because it had been built up and this has become the, especially with this franchise, the ongoing problem where before every single thing, there is quote unquote irrefutable evidence that blank is going to happen, that Konami has signed with this company, this company, and we are about to get a rollout of Res- of Silent Hill, uh, the likes of which we have never seen. And it continually doesn't happen. And, and now uh, both me and Mike from uh, formerly of The More You Nerd have gone from tinfoil hats to dejected apathy when we hear any sort of 
Silent Hill news. Yeah, that's just <laughs> going to be that's just going to be the alleyway too filled with fog for you to be able to walk down. Um, yeah, it, it's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. It's not. Yeah, no, it sucks because I mean, again, I I I love this series so much. Apparently, we're still getting a sec a, a new movie. So there's that. But <laughs> yay. Um, but to switch focus on another longstanding horror franchise, and this was not announced at the state of play. This was actually announced, or this was not announced at uh, Summer Games Fest. This was announced at Sony's state of play, but it's going to be cross platform uh, for the most part as well. They announced a number of upgrades to existing Resident Evil games. So Resident Evil Village, a.k.a. Resident Evil 8 or Resident Evil 8-age, if you would like to call it that, is going to get a new DLC campaign uh, that focuses on uh, the child of uh, the main characters. Yeah, Um, I'm actually it's the most excited I've been for a Resident Evil story in about 15 years. Uh, they are also rolling out uh, support for PlayStation VR 2, which is something that we know is coming, but don't know anything else about really um, that that is kind of going to come out. They're also going to re- allow you to play Resident Evil 8 in uh, third person, which you might think that seems like a normal Resident Evil game, but it's not if you only played seven and eight, which were both done from a first person perspective. Uh, and this was all a lead in. And they also announced and these have both already come out. Uh, or I guess all three have already come out. Uh, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X upgrades for Resident Evil 7, Resident Evil 2 remake and Resident Evil 3 remake, which is awesome. Uh, I can go mm-hmm. ahead and tell you as someone who has played Resident Evil 2 remake and Resident Evil 3 remake on their PS5 upgrades in the last week. Those games come out looking real pretty uh, in their upgraded forms. Um, Stupid Miles making me watch that Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City movie got me in a huge uh, mood to play Resident Evil games. Uh, but the Which one, is what a good Resident Evil movie should do. You know, I wanted to see the story told better than it was in that movie. And darn it, I got it. Uh, <laughs> hey, you hadn't seen it told better on screen before. Well, I could because I play video games on a screen. No, so. no, no. Outside the games. <laughs> Shut your lying mouth. <laughs> uh, but one game that I have not been able to replay, and uh, though I attempted to do so, is Resident Evil 4 that I tried to play on the Nintendo Switch, and it gave me such bad motion sickness. I I don't know why. Yeah, I, I got a text from you. I think it was like Saturday morning. That where you were talking about how you had to sit down because you had such bad vertigo from it. Playing. It, it, it made me ill trying to play that game. And it is a, a port on the switch. And I love the switch. But sometimes the ports for the switch, if they're cross platform, don't always come out properly. I have not bought to play a Resident Evil four on the, P, the PS4 version of it to see if that version has the same problem. Uh, I'm. I doubt it would, to be honest. I also didn't play it in handheld mode. I played it on the TV. So there's probably something to that Um, because I've had situations like I don't get I don't get seasick in real life. Uh, I I just don't. But playing uh, 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 Sea of Thieves, the pirate game on a PC that was not powerful enough to play that game again, frame rated me right into motion sickness. I felt so dumb because I don't get seasick and here I am getting seasick at a pirate game. But, uh, you know, I might not have to worry about it because Resident Evil 4 remake was announced and shown a trailer. And boy, does our good, good boy Leon look so very, very good. 
Yeah, this this one was met with much fanfare. And I don't know why I was, I guess because I kind of, I, I mean, I think we all felt like we saw it coming. But oh, they, eventually someone was going to have to remake. For, I think they even said they were working on it at one point. <laughs> I mean, it's been rumored as, as long as these Silent Hill rumors have been around. Uh, I love Resident Evil 4. It's probably my favorite game in the franchise. Possibly. It's one I've played the most. It is an excellent game. And I think the reason is because it's an excellent game and because I have all these amazing memories associated with it. And because Capcom's track record is not sterling, I am a little worried that they're going to mess it up. Uh, why are you? I, I mean, I, I'm curious because like re- the Resident Evil 2 remake was met with so extreme praise. The Resident Evil 2 remake is excellent. And, and, and that's what has given me, I think, hope for it. I just don't trust Capcom on a whole. Uh, I would say that a few years ago, I would have agreed with that. Recent Capcom outside of another game that we're going to get a game franchise that we're going to get to in a few minutes. um, They have done pretty well with with some of these remakes. The one thing that I have seen complaints or potential the the consideration for complaints about is that when it comes to, to the remakes, they are changing story elements. I'm okay with that. They've uh, for me, it's often for the better. I say I think there's a yes and a no to that. Resident Evil 2 remake. I loved there were some story elements. It didn't get as many changes as three remake did. Three remake had entire sections of the game cut out, and that bothered a lot of folks. I also it was funny that Mr. X in Resident Evil 2, which is this big monster in a black trench coat and hat that would follow you around that did a better job at being a nemesis like character um in in resident evil 2 remake than nemesis did in resident evil 3 remake if that makes sense wild (laughs) because they made the nemesis moments more showpieces they were they Mm. he would definitely follow you around but he wouldn't follow you as far. He wouldn't show up as often. It was like very scripted moments where it would happen. Um, gotcha. And, and and I get that. I, I still. <sighs> Resident Evil 3 uh, is of the PlayStation 1 Resident Evil games. Resident Evil 3 is the one that I have played the most. Yeah. By far. Resident Evil 3 remake. I, I have, you. Resident Evil 3 remake. I have played way more than Resident Evil 2 remake. Start to finish. I've played that game from start to finish on the PS4 and PS5 version at least three times. I don't know what the problem is, but is it a Switch game? Is it a quick? It's a pretty fast game. It's a faster game, but it's also a situation where I'm a sucker for unlockable things. And in Resident Evil 2 and in Resident Evil 2 remake, this is uh, this is my old man beard in Resident Evil 2 back in the day. If you beat the game with a certain like grade score, and that was factored in by time to beat difficulty level, how many healing items you used, how many times you saved the game, you would unlock things like an unlimited ammo rocket launcher and an unlimited ammo Gatling gun that you could just take with you into the into future playthroughs. And the same thing is true in RE2 Remake. If you beat the game like that, you could get those things. 
or you could pay $5 to unlock them, which is what I did. Um, <laughs> but in Resident Evil 3, back in the day, you would, uh, once you beat the game the first time, you would unlock a mode called Mercenaries. And Mercenaries, unfortunately, did not make the jump to the remake. But what Mercenaries was, was basically a time attack mode, where you picked one of these umbrella security officers, and you basically had like, start to finish and if you made it to the finish you get a certain number of points and blah 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 but as you earned points you there was a little store that you could unlock things like an unlimited ammo grenade or unlimited ammo rocket launcher and an unlimited ammo pistol and all this stuff and what they did in re3 remake is if you they were basically like achievements and trophies that you have you know on consoles and things like that you would do those in game and you would get points and you would be able to buy those things out of a store after you're done with the game. And so I played a lot of that game. And uh, luckily, they also had a chapter marker system so that you could just start a new playthrough at a specific point in the game, which is very cool. This is not interesting. I'm going to move on because there's more interesting things to talk about. But well, the, it's, the, it's the, funny the, that you were talking about the alternative costumes because my favorite way to play Resident Evil 4 after being it for the first time was a zoot suit and a Tommy gun on the PS2. Which, because, it, which was exclusive to the PS2 because you didn't get it in the in the GameCube version, which is. I mean, on, on one hand, it, it diffuses any fear you could possibly have, because if you're walking around with a zoot suit and a Tommy gun as Leon Kennedy, the, there's no fear. An unlimited ammo Tommy gun for the record as well. Um, so so it's, the it's like getting the Katana and Silent Hill three. Once you get that thing, I'm like, I yeah nothing scares me i'm i'm good to go <laughs> so so the the question is are they going to cut stuff out of re4 remake like they did in two and three i mean there's there's fat they could trim so i wouldn't i wouldn't be too upset about it i would not be sad if i did not have to drive a motorboat across a lake to do a weird right? fishing mini game with a giant monster i'd be okay if that was gone to be real with you right now i i know i mean there, there are things that, that that you could trim for that game if you if you if you had to um uh, while we're talking about capcom let's talk a well, little bit for a second well, can i do uh, one last thing in yeah, our yeah, go in ahead. our in our horror movie our horror yeah, video yeah, game the last big thing that got announced and this was actually weirdly announced at the summer games fest and not at this playstation state of play is the last of us part one remake so i feel like they're they're not using the word remake correctly here. So they 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 are and they aren't. What they're doing, they definitely rebuilt. And and if you look at the screenshots between the two games, between the original game and this game, they did the original game on the PlayStation 3. They just up it and polished it off for a PlayStation 4 release. And this is like a more full model replacement, background replacement making things look it's, it still feels like a spit shine to me i don't know i've like, seen some of the stuff that makes it definitely look a lot better my question is as someone who has already owns the game on playstation 4 do i care and i'm no. not sure that i do i i, um, I don't and I, I just recently played through the second game for the first time which i really enjoyed but at the same time i was like yeah i, I don't need to I mean, I think the, both these games are fine as it is like, hey, great. You're putting on the PS5, but like, I just yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm fine. Same. Uh, so with that, um, 
let us move on. Uh, where do you want to go next, Miles? We've kind of talked so about I, the horror games. We skipped over some other yeah. stuff at Summer Games Fest because honestly, there wasn't a lot there that grabbed my attention. I, I want to talk a little bit um, because there was a couple things on the PlayStation State of Play that I really, really uh, got into. You know, we already talked about Resident Evil 4, so I want to stay on Capcom for just a split second and talk a little bit about Street Fighter 6 because I am a, you know, raised in the arcades street fighter fan i this game had such an impact on me and the types of games that i grew to love that i even if you have an entry that kind of screwed the pooch which is what street fighter 5 did for a lot of fans just the way that capcom presented that game because when it came out, it was basically a $60 demo and everything else was added in much later. Did not have a single player story mode, which I know it's a fighting game, but that matters. Yeah, but as you're trying to always had in, and, and in, if you're in trying to learn, learn the game, it's easier to learn playing against CPU opponents and people. I mean, this is a, a franchise that's been around for 30 years. People care about these yeah. characters and the stories there they're trying no to tell with arcade them. mode in the like OG launch of Street Fighter five. Like I, I was so excited. It was like a, um, Krista got it for me as like a, a, I can't remember what the, maybe it was Valentine's Day or something, but she, it was a gift and I was so excited. And I, I, the dejection I felt when I played Street Fighter V for the first time was real. Capcom seems to have learned their lesson because they're giving us a much bigger presentation than they've ever had before, because it looks like they might be putting in elements of another franchise that people have been wanting to see in uh, rival schools because there's an open world component to Street Fighter 6. Yes, and I believe there are some rival schools characters that were added as some Street Fighter 5 DLC. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of... I mean, the thing is, the character selection is not, not the problem with Street Fighter 5. It was just like Street Fighter 5 as it is now is a perfectly serviceable experience. It took years to get there, and that's the problem. Yeah. So, so Street Fighter Six, and this is the, there are some super interesting things about this game, and uh, that they have announced so far. I I love the concept of Street Fighter. I have played a ton of old Street Fighter games when I was in high school and college, and was around actual people to play these games. Yeah, the I whole, did. I got next like culture yes i did not play any of street fighter 4 i have not played any of street fighter 5 i think i own a copy of street fighter 4 because of playstation plus i'm not sure about that or so good Four is is very very good even though i think the 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 2.5d art style is but ugly so this is where i look at the art style of street fighter 6 and i think that this looks really really cool on yeah. the surface, it looks a lot like an evolution of Street Fighter 4 or Street Fighter 5 with the mm-hmm. way the polygons look. But then as you do these special attacks, the screen kind of freezes and you have this sort of like watercolor wave that washes over mm-hmm. everything on the screen. And it's like, this looks so dope. It looks incredibly, incredibly dope. And I think that's that's part of the reason people get so mad at Capcom for for so many things they do is because when they make an effort, I mean, they make an effort and it looks amazing. (laughs) Another thing they are doing, and this is, I think, something that that 
could be extremely make or break with Street Fighter six is that they are changing. They're adding a new way to play the game. And I'm going to call it the wrong thing because I'm remembering this from an old Street Fighter game called Street Fighter EX or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, EX. Easy input. Where basically there are there is a, a, a control scheme that you can set up where instead of having to do like the down, down, forward, forward punch to do a fireball, you can just hold a direction on the on the stick and hit a button and it'll do that move. It yeah, will, it's kind of the MVC way that they've kind of ca- it, uh, it, done for that or the I smash mean, it, a smash brothers uh soul caliber had a had a, a control and control scheme like this and where i think that's going to to ha- where this is going to benefit them is it all of a sudden you're going to get a huge amount of people that can do all the cool street fighter stuff that will they ever be top tier competitive with like you know playing at evo and things like that probably not but you don't want to focus on the top tier competitive. You want to focus on the people that will buy and play your game. And that's where well, that, I think- and for the top tier competitive people being able to quickly do one of those moves is also key. Like the great thing about Street Fighter is the way they've always been able to mostly balance. Hey, we will make a game that's super casual and fun for people who just want to play a game, but also extremely technical for those who really well, want to get down dirty. And that's and that's the difference. And that's based on some of the some of the bloggers that got to go to events and actually play the game. They figured that there's a lot of stuff you're going to be able to do with this easy input kind of mode, but you're going to do that at the complication of not being able to pull off some of the more like sp- specific combos that if you were doing the regular mode of play so there's something for like the diehard street fighter player and something for the player that just wants to have a good time playing with their friends and maybe Mm -hmm. they're not a good street fighter player but they still want to be competitive because by the way when you're at a big party and people are uh, doing the up next up next and you're the person that hasn't spent 40 500 hours on a game you've spent maybe 20 minutes and you're just getting destroyed every time you get up and play it that sucks it's not fun and this is going to take a lot of that out of it and i and with that and with the more open world single player kind of campaign that it looks like they're doing i'm super into street fighter 6 i'm very excited about it they have done my boy ken masters dirty I disapprove. I, I, I'm, I'm oddly not super into the, the direction they went with Ken Masters, to be honest. Um, I'm not even going to get into this because this is going to be a whole thing. I love Ken. Ken is kind of my go to dude in Street Fighter um, because he's Ryu, but also Char from Gundam. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's I, I would say the the in the West, the biggest red rival. I mean, I mean, I mean, he's he's also in the East, one of the biggest red rivals. I mean, yes, a, but I mean, Char is also a massive character in the East. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, like, when when I, when we mentioned the concept of a red rival, Char Aznable from Gundam, it wears red and has blonde hair. Uh, Miles knows this because he watched me give a a college presentation to a bunch of actual college students about this concept. That is a thing that I have done in my life, by the way. <laughs> 
where I introduced, I, I, I taught, I taught and we them. we got paid to do that. Too. We got paid to do it. <laughs> I talked about Gotcha Man. <laughs> wow, dude, we have lived a fantastic life. Um, well, I won't go that far. Well, I don't know. Uh, uh, but Easy. yeah, I, I got to, uh, to, to, to teach people. Like if you see a character from anime or video games, that is, you know, oftentimes the rival will dress all in red and have blonde hair like zero from Mega Man, uh, a Mega Man X specifically Proto Man from Mega Man. Proto Man was all in red. He didn't have blonde hair, but uh, he didn't have, I guess, any hair because he had a helmet we on. We didn't see his hair. Yeah, it's probably blonde under there, right? Um, there are many, many different uh, versions of this, but uh, let's let's move on. Anything else in the PlayStation? Uh, yeah, direct? there's there's one thing I want to talk about before we, we kind of hit the Nintendo and Indies. Um, Enter Nights. This is a game that is made specifically for somebody like me. This is a super anime styled action RPG that combines elements of a dating sim with its dungeon crawling, puzzle solving, end of the world story. There's and also a calendar I, system to this. So yeah. I would I, I I have a specific trigger that happens with that. Yeah, I mean I'm I am so into what they they showed here. And I mean a lot of times anime styled action RPGs are gonna get my attention anyway, but you add in um yeah, a, a calendar, a dating sim, anything that might remind me of persona hmm. but if you're also i mean th this trailer actually focused on the romance aspect a little bit at least narratively which i found really interesting because my problem with that aspect in a lot of games is it's a secondary thought it's not part of your your character's development or story so here it looks like that actually may be an uh consequential factor and that got me really excited about this game. Um, I do, I, and it was one of those games that I hadn't heard of beforehand. So that adds this extra element of like, oh, I saw something that was really cool. Like, because the the state of play was a lot of games that you were expecting, a couple of smaller games that looked really cool, like Roller Dome, which is this. <laughs> Roller Dome just, looks really awesome, yeah, actually. Looks, amazing i mean how, how would you explain the style of roller dome it's it's like it's a third person shooter on uh, meets roller derby yeah it's like and it's like if i think it, i saw this at pax a couple years ago when it, when it was like a demo of a demo it, it's like competitive tony hawk's pro skater with machine guns and stuff yeah like it just it had a it had a, it had a style to it and, that and i this, am and, very excited and about the developer of this game is uh roll seven which is the developer that made ali ali world which is a a pretty well-known skateboarding yeah, style which, game oh yeah also has a reputation so I, I i am very 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 excited about roller dome i think that's gonna be great uh so miles i would like to to finish off talking about the playstation section with something that i I legit don't. Well, yeah, you know what? I'm going to pause. Let's let's go through some of the Xbox stuff. Then we'll do your wholesome direct. And then okay. I want to talk about my my stuff. So Xbox uh, actually didn't have a ton of stuff to announce. All of their big no, games, not really. all of their big games that were supposed to come out at the end of this year have been pushed back. Um, we had a. Uh, 
a Forza Motorsport announcement, but that's going to be 2023, uh, which it's just a good looking car game. And I'll probably. Yeah, get it. I mean, that, uh, like, I, I the, wish I cared about Forza because that is a stunning well, looking well, here's game. The thing, Miles. Here's here's the, the actual trick to this is that I am really more interested in the Microsoft event because almost all of the games they announced are going to be on Game Pass day one, so I can just play them. And like, it's yeah, it's, that was that was the big thing. I mean, but they also kind of they cheated a little bit because like they showed Hollow Knight Silk Song. They just showed you some more gameplay. They didn't show you anything. They didn't give you a date. So, yes, it'll be available day one on Xbox Game Pass, but they didn't tell you when that day was going to come. You know, it's it's OK. Um, and I mean, so there, and there was stuff like that. There was stuff on like apparently uh, they they're still letting the Rick and Morty team make video games. Why is beyond me? Because that the game they showed looked insufferable. <laughs> well, Justin Roiland can only do two voices and he's doing both of those voices in that game that I couldn't even Eye tell you life from Squanch Games. Squanch Games, formerly called Squanch Tendo before Nintendo put the kibosh on that. Um, yeah, I'm on I, Nintendo's side on that one. I'm not going to comment on a number of things here just because there's there's a lot of it that, again, like they showed some more Sea of Thieves stuff. They showed off Overwatch. The Sea of Thieves trailer was pretty dang uh, endearing. Uh, they, they showed off Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4, uh, you know. Womp womp. Um, yeah um uh could hey, <laughs> kojima made an announcement for an announcement <laughs> yeah he he's working on something for xbox um but uh again the the biggest thing that, that came out of this is also the most expected thing is they showed off some more details about uh starfield bethesda games starfield which is basically their no man's sky 2 no man's sky it, the, it looks exactly like No Man's Sky with a Bethesda narrative. And you know what? I'm OK with that. I'm OK with it. I'm it's, OK it's fine, with but it. Like, I hate that everyone's acting like this is supposed to be the, the next level in role playing games. And I'm like, it's it's No Man's Sky with more talking. Yeah, but here's the thing. No Man's Sky didn't have any talking, really, at least when I played it last. That's so, I mean, part of the charm of the game is I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, so I mean, I'm, look, I mean, I'm not saying that the game is not going to be good, but I, I think that people are putting something else on this game that isn't there for me. And like, there's nothing wrong with having a narrative RPG that uses the system of No Man's Sky. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But for people to act like, oh, Bethesda's making a new kind of RPG is a little, I don't know, insulting to me. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm I'm into it because I like I like the concept of Bethesda games like your Skyrims and your Fallouts, but I am sure absolutely I'm not into like, hey, I'm not I'm doing not into that on the sci-fi level with a, a No Man's Sky system does sound awesome. I, I am not into fantasy enough to spend too much time in Skyrim, and I'm kind of over Fallout's whole vibe. I'm sorry, Fallout fans, it's just it's been 15 years of exactly the same thing between fallout three new vegas four and 76 i'm lucky enough that i have only played fallout three and that was when it first launched so i could probably boot up a new Fallout game and be pretty happy (laughs) like i like those games i like those games i have never once finished a bethesda game like this I get too distracted no. by side quests and I have never I, I 
if you look at me in Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas, I've got like 90 hours. Never finished the game. Um, I will tell you the most impressive thing that I saw on the Xbox uh, Bethesda showcase was the DLC for Forza Horizon 5. The Hot Wheels tracks they're adding. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It looks majestic. Like the idea of racing in this photorealistic Hot Wheels track makes me so happy that I would probably put actual money down just to play them. <laughs> I don't think you'll have to. Game Pass, baby! Is Game the DLC Pass. free? I mean, I don't know. It depends on the game. But, uh... Oh, well, it's, it's, it's Forza Horizon 5. I said that. Right, but... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so, Miles, um, let's talk about the Wholesome Direct and a little bit of that... Yeah. And, and a little bit of that Nintendo third-party spice. Because, again... The Nintendo, we only have Nintendo third party releases. We do not have Nintendo first party release news yet. So yet. I, I, I think that one of the standouts this season was the indie game scene. I think the Wholesome Direct, the Grill Collective and the Day of the Devs showcases all just went above and beyond showing inventive, colorful games, especially after showcases that were fairly mute in terms of palette and uh one of one of my first standouts is a game called little bear chef where you play a a honey bear like a like the kind you would get a jar of honey in and you are in a, a you're that size of a bear but it's a cooking simulator but you're also this gi you're in this gigantic kitchen that's adorable it's it's precious. And so many of these games, which is why they're part of the Wholesome Direct, uh, are precious. And most of them are coming out next year. There's uh, Mika and the Witch's Mountain, which is essentially, imagine Death Stranding meets Kiki's Delivery Service. So there's a talking cat that follows you around as you carry stuff across the countryside? Of course there's a talking cat. You are <laughs> this, I mean, very, very level five looking. Like if, if it would not, the style of the game feels very Nino Kuni. But it's um, you're soaring on your broom, trying to become a full grown witch while helping out villagers on your tiny island and delivering packages and stuff. Uh, it looks absolutely precious. You have a kaiju dating sim simulator coming out called Kaiju. <laughs> that looks absolutely precious. Um, there's a lot of good uh, simulation games like um, Potion Permit coming out. You have uh, a lot of, you know, I, I would call them Stardew likes um, coming out. But I think for me, one of the big standouts was <laughs> a wrestling story. No, a wrestling what, fest. What is wrestle fest? Wrestling fest? I believe it's called wrestle fest. Let me... Because I've, I've like re I'm going down like all the stuff that I was like retweeting as the show went live. <laughs> um, Russell Quest, I'm sorry. Russell Quest. OK, I think yes. I heard about this one. Yes, this is a story based RPG where you play as a up and coming like young wrestler trying to make it and, and being a, going on a journey into the wrestling world while also utilizing pastiches of 
famous wrestlers that you have to defeat the legends like Jake the Snake Roberts, Andre the Giant, and of course, Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. And so if you play like Golf Story and stuff like that, it's an actual RPG and the wrestling matches are done like turn-based RPGs. <laughs> and it looks so delightful. It's by um, a developer named uh, Mega Cat Studios. And it is one of my favorite things that I saw from the Wholesome Direct that or that might have been part of the Gorilla Collective that made me so freaking happy. <laughs> uh, there was. Honestly, I could sit here and name all these games. I highly recommend you go on YouTube and look up Wholesome Direct 2022, uh, Gorilla Collective Showcase 2022 and Day of the Devs, because there were some incredible games that were showcased and I know I'm kind of just trying to go through it, but I, there was like a hundred games on the wholesome direct. So it's really difficult for me to like pinpoint, oh, check this one out. Like, yes, there's a PS1 style psychological horror game called The Fridge is Red. That that is a Miles game. <laughs> but <laughs> there's also like a uh slice of life cyberpunk sim called a Nivalis that's coming out that looks really good. There's one called uh, Gravewood High, which is a stealth horror game set in a high school with destructible environments and procedural like level layouts. And then you're being hunted by, I think, the the principal. But like it's also like at like late hours after school. And so it's it's kind of similar to those hide and seek type of games that are multiplayer and uh, or like your um, phasmophobia type games where you and your crew are trying to hide. And especially if you're talking in the mic, you know, the it picks up those sounds. So it's going to find you. It looks really fun, really weird. Um, and God, I'm trying to think of other games. So there's there are so many things that I saw. Um, Moonstone Island, which is a game about a young alchemist trying to start life on a new island in the sky. Sounds really really good uh, there was um midnight girl which is a point and click adventure game inspired by belgian comics and 60s heist films that takes place in 1960s paris oh, that's kind of cool yeah it's it, it 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 looks like a moving animated poster from the time period it looks absolutely beautiful i love that uh, and i guess that's the, pretty cool yeah that, that one is very much up your alley drew I guess the last one I'm probably going to talk about is Terra Nil, which is another simulation game by uh, Devolver, who, I mean, Devolver doesn't really need any introduction, but it's it's a uh, elements of, an, of simulation RTS where you are are trying to replenish a wasteland world. And so imagine like your civs or your Age of Empires except you're trying to revive a post-apocalyptic world into a lush, thriving world. And it's it looks absolutely stunning. And I think that one's supposed to come out late this year. But there are so many indie games that I think showcase the, the creativity and the absolute love for the medium in a way that a lot of the AAA studios haven't been doing lately that 
if you're interested in video games at all, I think you really owe it to yourself to watch one of those showcases. And I'm going to sure. step off my soapbox now. <laughs> <laughs> so let's round it out with the uh, Nintendo Mini Direct, Direct Mini, um, that uh, that happened just earlier today. And then I have yeah. just one other thing to talk about. Uh, okay. Maybe two. We'll see. Uh, so I had, I had three things in this Direct for me. So the Mini Direct, a lot of the Mini Direct is DLC. Monster Hunter Rise is getting... Uh, some DLC. Um, you mm-hmm. have a bunch of ports, so things like Near Automata is coming to to the to the Switch for the first which time, which is very cool. Which is really cool. Um, but but there's a number of of new things that are coming out. Um, Miles, give me one. Okay, so Harvestella, the new Square Enix game, which is an original IP that combines the save the world type of action RPG adventure you'd expect from a current Final Fantasy or or any sort of square RPG meets Stardew Valley. Yeah, I, I showed that to to my wife, Rebecca, because she uh, she liked elements of Stardew Valley. She got way into Animal Crossing and this is a switch game. So I thought, you know, maybe she might enjoy the game on the switch. Uh, and she looked one thing at that and says, this is like Final Fantasy 14's crafting with some combat. And she was not thrilled with it, which was funny. <laughs> Whereas I was like, oh, this is like the the slice of life farming stuff and the the save the world action rpg stuff this is exactly what i want yeah so you go through the four seasons you know spring summer winter fall or fall winter but then there's the mysterious fifth season which is unfortunately named (laughs) what is it called i can't remember it's like like questus isn't it it's something it's something like well, it's not it's not Keystus Quiet, from Quietus, Quietus. Quietus, not yet. Yeah, it's Quietus, which makes sense. Not Keystus. Final Fantasy VIII's Keystus is not. Maybe that's maybe she's DLC. I don't know, Miles. Um, I know you'd buy Keystus DLC. We'd all buy Keystus yeah. DLC. Um, I, it looks really interesting. I am interested to see how that that plays out. I'm also interested to see because, again, Nintendo is announcing this stuff, but that doesn't necessarily mean that any of these things are switch only Um, that's true but i feel like i heard that square was working on something specifically for nintendo which this could be it i mean another thing that we saw a slightly more of is sonic frontiers the new 3d sonic game and i know that's going to be on more than than just the switch um right sonic frontiers i'm sorry looks a little boring i apologize i mean it's it's sonic of the wild and I think the unfortunate thing about that, because I, I on one hand, I find that that's the laziest criticism for anything that is open world these days. But when it's so blatant, it's like, oh, man, these things even look like the Guardians from Breath of the Wild. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it does. Here, here's the thing, though, is I love Sonic so much. I'm probably going to give this game a, sh- a fair shot. regardless. I, 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 I'll wait on reviews for this one. But, you know, that's fine. Uh, we saw our first look at Return to Monkey Island, which looks really interesting and fun. Yeah, that's cute. There's a new Mario and Rabbids game that got announced. Um, which one day I, I, I'll get around to playing those. I hear they're really really fun well there's only this will be only the second one so <laughs> was there not dlc for the first one there might have been but i mean i consider that first game yeah yeah um, sure uh, miles i know you're excited about this the mm. Mega Man battle network legacy collection yes. 
I have been screaming from the rafters for this collection probably since the Switch came out. And this has been rumored for like two years. Announced it. Like they just kind of like, oh, yeah, this is happening. I'm like, wait a minute. For for everyone else, that was 50 seconds of like, oh, I have to put up this Mega Man stuff. For me, I was like, this is this is this is the showcase right here. And I have been sending uh, Drew some of the uh, wilder just excerpts from the localization of these games because they have a wild script. Choice dialogue, gang. Choice dialogue. I am unsure if it's going to make it to the. I I hope to God it does because I think everyone deserves to experience this. But these are some of my favorite Mega Man games. I legit don't excited. I legit don't anticipate Capcom paying that close attention to any of that to know yeah, that that was so, even in there um so you get, get ready for land to say he's gonna jack into that squirrel <laughs> um, so this uh so what two but, other things i want to talk about for nintendo specifically because i I'm, I'm excited for you about uh mega man no, Battle I, Network, I, I couldn't be happier that means all 10 i mean both the the um they did the kind of the pokemon thing where there was like a red version a blue version a white version black version type of deal um so while they're boasting 10 games because one version would have a couple of different things um you're really getting five games but still yeah. it's every mega man battle network game and i could not be more excited um so they they announced this this is not a new announcement but they they showed off a game called live a live or is it live alive or live alive i i think it's live alive uh it is an old school 16-bit super nintendo era jrpg that never got released in the united states and I love 16-bit era JRPGs, one of my favorites. Uh, and they're doing it in this kind of hybrid, like if you remember the the uh, uh, the the game that I should have remembered the name of this game off the top of my head before uh, the 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 kind of pseudo 3D 2D kind of look, um, Octopath Traveler. Uh, that is the game I'm thinking of. They they remade the game in that kind of engine. Uh, and I'm kind of interested in that, mostly because they are putting out a demo like it's out right now. As I'm saying this, I just haven't had the time to download it today. Um, I'm kind of kind of into that. Um, um, yeah. You know, Miles, we talk sometimes about how we have the finger on the pulse of the nerd world, um, whether the rest of the nerd world understands it or not. Miles, what did we play two weeks ago? Portal. And what's coming in Nintendo Switch today? portal <laughs> there you go gay <laughs> when i saw when i saw that like i couldn't even get excited i was like son of a bitch like i could not believe it <laughs> portal um, and portal 2 are out today in the portal companion collection on nintendo switch i can't believe it because i remember miles is even- a great great system for that to be on i remember miles complaining that like is this available on switch can i play it on switch it's like no nah, portal's not on switch and now it is so there you go um, <laughs> if only but, i'd known <laughs> yeah pushed that push that off a couple of weeks um you still need to play portal 2 so uh actually how much is the companion collection that's a good i was question. gonna ask you if you checked out and see how much it was i have um, not uh, now the cool thing about Live Alive, going back to that for a second, is it's not something that's done super often here where you have multiple protagonists and multiple stories to to play through. Um, if you've ever played Saga Frontier, it's it's it looks similar to that because you have a character that's like in Edo Japan, a character that's in kind of a present day and a character that's in the future. 
Uh, and... Interesting. Octopath Traveler does the same thing. Oh, does it? Does it? That's yeah. cool. Uh, and uh, por- uh, Portal Companion Collection is twenty dollars. It's not bad for both games, considering they're charging fourteen ninety nine for the first game on uh, Microsoft Store. Or you can get the collection of both of them for like two dollars on Steam right now. <laughs> I mean, I, ha- I have them both probably because you gave it to me. Yes, but let's accurate. let's talk about the game that or the games that we have honestly been rallying against to be on the switch since 2019 miles i have a question for you it's a very serious question and this question is a joke that is going to land poorly if you never watched me play games on twitch with our buddy mike and our buddy tyler how you feel about japanese teens Because a whole lot of Japanese teens are coming to the Nintendo Switch. They're not just coming to the Switch. We saved this towards the end because uh, this is maybe the biggest, like, because this has been the one thing that's been begged for the most. Yeah. Um, It's on everything else, but, like, I don't care about everything else. I just care about it on the Switch. Yeah. Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 Royal are all coming to the N- Nintendo Switch and the PlayStation 4 slash 5 and Microsoft Xbox, including being available as part of Game Pass, which is also like a huge, huge thing. Um, I am super excited for folks. I'm a huge Persona 5 fan. I have put hundreds of hours into Persona 5, both the original and Royal. Like it's... I put a lot of hours into that game, um, th- which is why where I have I'm not sure I'm going to get it on switch because I've already played it there. But Persona 4 Golden, which is a game that I own, I bought a PlayStation Vita to play Persona 4 Golden uh, several years ago. And Persona 3 Portable has just not been readily available. Um, so I'm ho- I'm hoping that this will be because I also bought P4G on Steam and put a little time into it didn't really get that because it felt like a portable game and I wasn't playing it portably. Uh, And Persona 3 Portable is a portable game, but is that going to be the not the version you want to play? I'm I'm curious about how they do uh, P3P. Um, I I mean, I love this franchise. I've been wanting it on Switch forever. And, you know, a lot of people know that, oh, well, Persona 1 and 2 aren't on there. You know, it took it took a lot for those things to get on the the old school PSM when the PS3 was out. I had I had them and and Persona honestly, one, I mean Persona one and two. I have a way to play Persona one right now. If I walked upstairs and plugged something in, it was available on the PlayStation Classic. Those games are not the same. There's some differences. They're two D oh, yeah. sprite based games. Persona 3 is the uh, game. The first game has like a first person perspective dungeon crawler aspect. Persona Persona 3 is when I recognized Persona as a platform. And it's a game I've never played. I just remember seeing it was the first first one I played. And and Persona 4, I actually played, I think I played Persona 4 before I played Persona 5 and I didn't get it. Uh, and obviously Persona 5, I love. So the, these games are coming to all the major platforms. Um, they're coming to Steam. They're coming to Xbox. Again, they're going to be on Xbox Game Pass, which is just 
huge. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just want mine on switch. I know. Uh, I'm in debate mode. What I have learned today is that Persona 5 Royal is coming to PlayStation 5. And you might be like, well, it's already on PlayStation. It's a PlayStation 4 game. They're going to release a version for PlayStation 5 that, like all the other versions, and because P5R had a tremendous amount of DLC just an ungodly amount of dlc like 74 pieces of dlc you could get for persona 5 royal all of that stuff is being bundled together in these new versions of the game which is great uh because some of those things uh are fantastic for playing persona 5 which i will gladly tell anybody about how to to make the most epic persona that will one shot nearly everything in the game uh because i've done it um which is why i'm debating playing it but a persona 5 uh our version for ps5 what could that mean am i gonna get haptics for the rainfall and young jaya i hope so so that's the only version of that i'm really super considering but we'll see we'll see um so miles uh we're about done with yeah. uh with with this episode i think we're about to wrap up and i'm not sure what else we can talk about is there anything else that really happened that we need to talk about i mean i know you have something you're dying to talk about yeah you're <laughs> damn right i do miles it's the 25th anniversary of final fantasy 7 and we have a whole host of Final Fantasy VII related content to talk about. We have... I'm not going to lie, I, I totally forgot about that. Idea. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you Final Fantasy VIII stan. Oh, are they doing a Final Fantasy VIII remake? No, they're not. They're not doing that. But what they are well, doing... I'm, I'm is, interested. Hmm? And I'm what? not interested. What? What? Was that? Oh, you're not interested? Yeah. Oh, oh, you know what I have to say to that? <laughs> Whatever. Oh, you like... So, Whatever. That's your favorite character squalls line. Whatever. Anyway, we already talked Very about Keystus this episode. We have Final Fantasy VII information for the 25th anniversary. Yes, they are doing some content updates to Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier, the uh, free-for-all uh, uh, battle royale game on mobile that I kind of forgot from, came from what out. What I hear from people who have played it, it's really good. Yeah, it's really good because you can use controller that has controller support. And apparently if you have a controller on that game, you dominate because <laughs> other people are just playing with touch controls, which are not very good. Um, we are, are reintroduced to Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, which is some ki- it's some kind of Final Fantasy turn based game that incorporates all facets of Final Fantasy VII into a sort of updated chibi style Final Fantasy VII looking thing. But how it's going to be free to play with chapters, I think people are hoping that it's kind of like that final fantasy 15 mobile port kind of i don't still really know what it is i'll i'll probably play it i'll probably play it i know i'll probably play it uh but we'll see how that actually works out uh we are also introduced to final fantasy 7 crisis core remaster rebirth i think they're calling it final fantasy 7 rebirth which is uh no rebirth is the uh never mind that's not the rebirth is the other one uh the, they're remaking final fantasy 7 jeez 
there's too much R. There are too many R's right now going on in it. Uh, Crisis Core, which is a game that I have never played. It was a PSP game, a PlayStation portable game uh, that I did buy in the last year and still and found out my PSP's battery was swollen, so I could not actually put it into my system to play it. Um, that is getting a remake that graphically looks like it's using a lot of elements from uh, the Final Fantasy FF7R, Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, uh, graphics engine but gameplay wise looks like it's hewing closer to the original psp game we'll see how that works and that's going to be out uh at the end of this year winter 2022 which is awesome uh and uh we have the had the first trailer for final fantasy <laughs> too many f consonants you know we didn't talk about something else miles uh that has uh some f consonants in it um Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is the second part, Final Fantasy VII Remake 2, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which will be out winter 2023, fingers crossed, hopefully, we'll see, uh, which just looks fun and good, and I cannot wait for that. Um, we didn't talk about Final Fantasy 16. We should have done that. That also looks kind of interesting and neat. Um, turns out I love Final Fantasy, Miles. I don't know if you knew this about me. I mean, we both... Love Final Fantasy. Um, I'm I'm I, I gotta say, like the Final Fantasy 16 trailer was very, very pretty. It didn't necessarily sell me on the game. Mm. It's a game I know I'm gonna buy anyway, so I'm not really gonna hem and haw about it. Honestly, uh, I, it I, can't be less disappointing than Final Fantasy 15, right? <laughs> don't challenge him. Don't challenge him, Drew. We we might need to do a Final Fantasy 15 retrospective on that game. <laughs> I just don't want to get mad again. I mean, here, here, here's the Final Fantasy retrospective. It was an amazing game that wasn't finished. It was an amazing end. game until it wasn't done. Yeah, that's that's Final Fantasy 15 for you. Anyway, it broke my heart like that. That game like I understand the people that that love Final Fantasy 13. I recently retried playing through it, and it's it's certainly not bad. I have other games I want to play, so I haven't stuck as much with it, but I I get why people do enjoy it, especially when it opens up later in the game. But 15, like gameplay wise, is phenomenal. Like for a good chunk of this game, it's it rules. And then it's not finished. Yeah, just kind of stops, you know, uh, but hopefully. Well, we know for for a fact that Final Fantasy seven remake will not stop with Final Fantasy seven rebirth. There is a, a a third title announced that will be the culmination of the Final Fantasy VII remake story. Uh, they did not announce the title for it. We just know that that is going to be next. And it'll I, probably it'll probably be like Reckoning or Requiem or I don't know something with an R. <laughs> uh, I would have said Reunion, but that is going to be the Crisis Core R subtitle so <sighs> resurrection maybe <laughs> possibly <laughs> we'll see we'll see um but i love final fantasy games uh even when they're really really bad and so i'm super excited for final fantasy sevens across the board i'll finally get to play crisis core and maybe it will make me think differently of the character of zach uh, but Miles, those aren't the only games that I love. And as we wrap up our our time here today, let's talk about what we're doing next month, 
because we yeah. are we are continuing the Nerd Olympics. Though the Nerd Olympics games are coming to a close, it's still going to be hot video game summer. And we have decided say hot game summer. Hmm? Just say hot game summer. Uh, we are going to do a new theme, one that we have not done before. The games that made us. We are going to take a look week by week of some games that are the ones that crafted us as video game players and have influenced us in the way that other media have to move forward. Um, Yeah, this is something I'm really excited about because some of my favorite conversations in, in life are finding out why people love the things that they love. Now we've, we've talked about obviously about things that we like or on birthday challenges. Oh, I like this movie or this, this game. I want you to play this, but we, we don't often like make a month dedicated to something that like, Oh, this is what shaped me as, as someone who's interested in this medium. And I'm so excited to talk to, to one of my best friends, even though we've talked about some of this stuff in our, in our lives, because we know each other so well, but to dedicate uh, at least an hour to talk about a specific thing that means a monumental amount to either one of us is something I'm really looking forward to. And Drew, you are up first. So what are we going yeah, over so, and, next And I will week? say, I will say that a lot of this idea kind of came around me playing Castlevania Symphony of the Night for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Last week, it was just last week. Time has no meaning anymore, Miles. You still playing? Uh, I haven't just because I've been super busy uh, preparing for something that's happening this Friday, which I will talk about in just a second. Um, But uh, let me see if I've got it up here. I don't. Sorry, I was looking at my uh, list of games behind me. So the game I'm bringing to to the forefront is one that is incredibly important to me, and it didn't really stick out to me how important to me it was until it got a remake. A little while back. Uh, This is a Nintendo game. It is available uh, on the Nintendo 3DS and 2DS for $5. You can also find it on the uh, Nintendo uh, Game & Watch edition for something around $50 if you buy it new, but I'm sure there's there's sales on it. Uh, It is a Game Boy title called The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Uh, This is the first foray that the Zelda series had in in uh, in, on mobile titles and and on any mobile system. And. It was a a truly incredible game that I can't wait to dig into because there's stuff about this game that I'm sure I've said on this show before, so it might not be anything new if you have listened to me yammer on about this game over and over again. But this is a game that that mattered more to Zelda as a franchise than even I thought of at the time that I played it. Um, And that's what I'm excited about talking about, because we're not just going to be reviewing these games. We're going to talk about really our experience as players uh, from the time in which they were released and 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 really talk about more about that experience of what this game means to you. And I'm really excited to talk about that. This is, I mean, I, obviously I, I don't have a 3DS these days, so I'm going with the Switch version, which from what I hear is a pretty good shot for shot remake of it. I would say 
there are other ways to play that game that I might <laughs> recommend that you attempt. Okay. I, there's a specific reason for it that that I. We'll talk. But about will, will. OK, so. I, I will ask this on air. Uh, will it matter that it's not a Game Boy that I'd be playing it on? Uh no will i get will i get the same experience i guess is what i'm honestly so i mean i I will i will tell you guys up front i love the switch version of link's awakening it's fantastic it is also (laughs) way easier (laughs) because you have more than two buttons Oh, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> that is that's kind of where I'm going for here. Um, I, I think that there is something about the style of that game that that when you to experience it, like as someone who has played a lot of 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 games and a lot of Zelda games specifically, my favorite game of all time slash canonically the greatest game of all time, A Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past, um, to see the concepts of that boiled down into something on the game boy i feel like it is important to experience it in that even for a moment um whether you play the whole which game makes me wish i had like an analog pocket or something where i could actually experience because that's the problem is like yes i can get i can get a rom for that game no problem oh what i'm sorry I, we're not talking about that because i don't know what you're talking about that's such a crazy word the guy <laughs> for the ferengi from deep space nine i don't know what you're talking about miles <laughs> but 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 so here here here's the rub and this is uh, I, this is why i wanted to talk about this with you is it's not going to be the same experience because you're not going to be playing on the hardware in which it was meant, which is going to be harder to do for. Right. I'm assuming which most is, of mean, the games are going to play. One thing we're going to be talking about this, this month a little bit is game preservation and why it's important because yes, yes if you have a three DS or uh, a two DS, you can get links awakening DX. You can get a version of that game for uh, a pittance. No problem. And it's it is an ongoing problem in in gaming now, it, and if, especially with companies like Nintendo. If you would really like to play it in this fashion, mm-hmm. you can find the Nintendo Game and Watch: The Legend of Zelda, which includes the original Legend of Zelda, Le- Le- Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link, and Link's Awakening in a two button format for less than $50 on Amazon right now. So with that said, that's what we're doing. I'm tempted. <laughs> that uh, it dropped to 30 at one point and I almost did it, but I didn't. I was like, mm, I'm never going to play it. I still want it. That's 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 the thing is that I'm probably never going to play the game. You're never going to play it. Not even for $42, which is the cheapest price I'm seeing for it right now. Anyway, uh, if you would like to find us, you can find us at themoreunerd.com or you can find this in every other episode. You can also go to facebook.com slash themoreunerd and you can tweet to us at themoreunerd. But if you would like to email us, you can do so at themoreunerd at gmail.com. That's themoreunerd at gmail.com. And now, gang, the news is over and we switch focus but we still end the show as we always do with a rousing nerd Nerd. out out